Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, what is going on? This is Nate the Effing Great, and welcome to this special exclusive edition of the Game Changer of Pro Talk Wrestling. And I'm going to be talking about Royal Rumble Weekend as well as Raw and SmackDown. I'm going to do this as kind of like the main episode. I'll always try to do these on Wednesdays if I can. Uh, Otherwise, on Saturdays, I'll actually do a special episode where I'll talk about some of the rumors, some of the speculation that has been going on throughout the wrestling world. So definitely, if you want to hear my thoughts on the Dean Ambrose uh, rumors, as well as the possibility of another superstar being rumored to be released, definitely check out the episode on Saturday, because I will talk more about that. But this weekend, oh my gosh, was just absolutely insane, but it was absolutely wonderful. I mean, my God. Let's get right into it, you guys. First, starting off with NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Holy cow, can you believe the fact that we actually got to enjoy some great wrestling matches as well as just some really great storytelling? Uh, Let's just get right into the first matchup. First matchup on the card was the War Raiders taking on the Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Titles. Now, I made my predictions uh, earlier last week about what I wanted to have happen at NXT TakeOver. I was hoping that the Undisputed Era was going to be victorious here and that they would be uh, one step closer to achieving that goal of being like Evolution where they would get all the titles. Now, unfortunately, that did not happen as the War Raiders reigned victorious, but this was an excellent matchup. The power and strength advantage that the War Raiders delivered and the technical style and the fast paced deal that Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong delivered, it just made for an absolutely incredible and a very fast-paced, very well-done matchup. You had uh, Hanson, who was definitely the guy that took on a lot of uh, the offense, but then you had Rowe, who was kind of the big tank of the uh, two, just definitely creating for an absolutely incredible matchup. The War Raiders picked up the victory, and they received their first tag team title run in WWE. Now, people could say, but it's NXT. I will still consider it mainly as a WWE run. So, it was a really cool matchup. Loved it. And honestly, this is probably the second best matchup of the year next to uh, the Lucha Brothers versus LAX at uh, Impact Homecoming. As far as the rating I give this one, I definitely give this one a solid B+. It was very well done. Uh, it just really created for a great matchup, and it really tells a great story. Now the Undisputed Era is going to try to get those tag team titles again, and they would be going for their third tag team title run, which, holy cow, that's that's crazy to think that in a matter of a year they're already up to their third run. But you know what? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing the story behind War Raiders and Undisputed Era. I'm looking forward to seeing what the next chapter will bring. Next matchup we had on the card was Matt Riddle taking on Cassius Ono. A pretty, I don't know, this was actually a pretty stellar matchup. This was one of those matches that I was kind of looking forward to because we've seen it before. We've seen it happen on there. We've seen uh, Matt Riddle take out Cassius Ono in a matter of seconds. It's one of those matches, like I said, I understand the hype of Matt Riddle, I understand you know, the whole heel turn with Cassius Sono, it's still told for a great story. Uh, as far as highlights of the matchup, uh, people definitely made jokes about Cassius Sono having a foot fetish during this deal, because Matt Riddle wrestles in his uh, bare feet, and Cassius actually just bit one of the toes of 
uh, Matt Riddle to kind of get the uh, upper hand advantage. I think there's even a point where he tried to break one of the toes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the ending definitely took me by surprise, because literally what happened was that uh, Matt Riddle took down Cassius Ono, and he just starts wailing away, beating him, beating him, beating him on the head to submission, literally, because Cassius Ono tapped out, and that was it. It was a pretty stellar matchup. This was the shortest matchup on the card with uh, 9 minutes and 20 seconds. But it was still a pretty good matchup. I definitely will give this one a B-. It's not one of those matches that I was you know, fully into, but it still was definitely an above-average matchup. The storytelling, I think, is what made this match really good. Next up, we have Johnny Gargano versus Ricochet for the North American Championship Oh, this was a dream match I didn't know that I wanted until it happened. Holy cow, was this good. Gianni Gargano and Ricochet definitely, you know, did a lot of the fast pace style. There was a lot of moments where they were just, you know, countering each other's moves. Uh, Ricochet was able to find answers to almost everything that Gianni Gargano had. Even a top rope uh, Super Hurricane Rana that Johnny was looking for. Ricochet had a answer for that. That was insane. Uh, the ending was very, very interesting, in which we saw... Uh, <clears throat> it was... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Johnny Gargano exposed the concrete floor early on on the outside, and then he was able to hit a brain buster on Ricochet to that concrete floor, and then he does his uh, slingshot DDT to Ricochet, for the three count, definitely, you guys, this is another match of the year contender. And honestly, this could be the best match of any NXT TakeOver by far. Holy cow, is this matchup really good. I definitely loved the wrestling styles that they had. I loved the, everything that they created. It just went for an absolutely tremendous matchup. Definitely going to give this one a solid A. Uh... I think it would have been an A-plus if they would have gone maybe just a bit longer, but you know what? They went on for 23 minutes, so I can't complain that much. I kind of would have loved to see them go just a little bit longer, but it's a solid A. Match of the year candidate without a shadow of a doubt. All right, next matchup on here was Shayna Baszler defending against Bianca Belair in the NXT Women's title matchup, and the story here definitely stems from the... Uh, fact that Bianca Belair is undefeated, she's got this cockiness, she's got this arrogance, she's got a lot of this, uh, I'm trying to think, she definitely has a lot of confidence. It's one of those things that's totally understandable. Now, this is her first time at a NXT TakeOver event, and she's basically uh, the rookie here, Shayna Baszler is coming in as the champion, as the veteran, and one thing that kind of irked me a little bit was one of Sam Roberts' uh, comments on the pre-show was that he said that Bianca probably didn't deserve this spot. He didn't feel like she was ready for this spot. And that just got people up in an uproar. I guarantee you there were so many people that were saying Bianca deserves to be in that spot. She's undefeated. And she has definitely proved herself. And this was the matchup that I believe definitely proved Sam Roberts wrong. Even though the decision went a different direction, it was still what we had. We had Bianca just giving everything that she had. Uh, Shayna Baszler definitely delivering a lot of heavy offense, uh, but Bianca was able to come back. She was even able to take it uh, almost power out of the uh, clutch, the, the the I guess the Baszler clutch. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but basically she's taking everything that Shayna Baszler had and delivering more offense. Uh, the final moments were that uh, Bianca Belair went for a 450, Shayna Baszler moved out of the way, counters and locks in the clutch. It looks like we're going to see uh, Bianca do it again. She looks like she's going to uh, power it, but fortunately, is able to just lock it in. Bianca passes out and picks up the victory. This was a really good matchup, and this is definitely one of those matches where even in defeat, Bianca Belair looked like a million bucks. It was a great matchup, and honestly, anybody who had doubts about uh, Bianca Belair, 
definitely had their eyes open tonight, giving this matchup a solid. I give it. I give it a solid B plus. It's a good matchup. Like I said, it's not the best matchup on the card, but it's still a really good matchup, and it's one of those matches that really helps uh, Bianca Belair become that mainstay, one of the staples of the NXT Women's Division. All right, let's get into the main event. We have Tommaso Ciampa defending against Aleister Black. At the start of this, it got to be really... Oh, man, I'm trying to think what... It gets to be really physical, but it also gets to be a matchup in which we see Ciampa be that sadistic, twisted fiend and that sick, twisted, you know, person, that sick, twisted villain that we needed. Aleister Black is kind of being... He's trying to be like the conquering hero. He's trying to defeat uh, Tommaso Ciampa to regain the title that he lost at uh, the, the NXT show last year. So there was a lot going on here. Uh, one of the big moments that definitely stood out in this matchup was uh, Aleister Black hit a fade to black on Tommaso Ciampa. And it looks like he's going to go right into a cover. But Ciampa was able to roll his shoulder up. So by the time that... Black is able to get his arm on Ciampa, it's to no avail. It's one of those things where you just see uh, Black have his arm over him, but unfortunately, since his shoulder was not on the ground, Ciampa was able to just kind of tease him and be like, yeah, no, no, you're not you're not getting that. Uh, Ciampa is able to hit the uh, happy ending, the happily ever after, I think it was. Ah, oh, man, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was either happily, the happily ever after or the happy ending. can't remember what it was. Um... Nails it on uh, black, one, two, kick out. Hits another one, one, two, kick out. Uh, that's the story that's told here until it reaches the fourth uh, hap- happily ever after on Aleister Black getting the final three count. Aleister Black is defeated, and Tommaso Ciampa retains Goldie, and it seems like it's all over. We see Tommaso Ciampa on the rampway. He's holding the belt up high. He is looking like he is victorious. Then Johnny Gargano comes out, and he just stands right by uh, Tommaso Ciampa, and they both just hold their titles above their heads. And it's one of those things where it is a really, really weird situation, because this is anti-DIY. This is literally the dark side of DIY. And if you ever listen to the podcast, Who Got Next?, you'll definitely hear... uh, in a lot of the earlier episodes, uh, Nick Giacobbe, she he mentions the idea that this is kind of like a Star Wars deal. It really is. It's one of those things where Tommaso Ciampa is the Emperor and Johnny Gargano is Anakin Skywalker. And there's so many different metaphors, so many different representations in this. Holy cow, this is just really turning out to be an absolutely incredible storyline between these individuals. Now, here's where it gets to be interesting. As soon as NXT TakeOver... Uh, went off the air, we see the two of them still holding their belts up, but then Velveteen Dream comes out, and it looks like he wants a shot at the North American title. We see Adam Cole come out. It seems like he wants it. Then Aleister Black comes out. seems like he wants a a rematch for the NXT title. And then we see Ricochet come out. It looks like they're going to get into a brawl, but officials, they break them up. They're like, hey, no, no, not going to happen. Then they go to the back, and then we see an actual brawl that has to be breaking up by the game, the Triple H. He breaks them up and basically tells them, now is not the time for this. What is going to be the time? Why? This Sunday, of course. We're going to see these individuals compete in a six-man tag team matchup. We're going to see Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, and Aleister Black taking on the team of Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and the NXT champion himself, Mr. Tommaso Ciampa. So that's going to be happening halftime during the Super Bowl. Uh, It's going to be streaming on the WWE Network, so definitely check that out, you guys, if you are going to be bored with the the Super Bowl. You might as well watch some good wrestling. So, yeah, it was a really good, uh, fantastic matchup. Oh, I forgot. Uh, I would give Tommaso Ciampa, Aleister Black, an A-. minus. It's a really good matchup, very physical, uh, but I still state that the match of the night was indeed uh, Johnny Gargano versus Ricochet. I love that matchup, the perfect pairing. Just give me more of that, please. Overall, I definitely give this matchup a definitely a solid uh, A-. minus. 
It's, again, really good matchups, really good stories told here. Just absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. All right. So I'm going to do something a little different with this. So we're going into the Royal Rumble, and I'm actually going to be talking about the matches first, and then I'm going to go into the separate Royal Rumbles. So I'm going to try and go over these as quick as I possibly can without leaving too much, uh, too much detail out. We had a pre-show matchup in uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable taking on Scott Dawson and Razar from the, the Authors of Pain. Had Dawson and Razar won, both the Revival and the AOP would have received a tag team championship matchup. Uh, this matchup just was a train wreck. I didn't like it. I don't understand it. Just why? Why, 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 why was this a thing? Uh, I don't understand it at all. It just makes absolutely no sense. No sense whatsoever. Yeah, so Bobby Roode and Chad Gable pick up the victory. There's really nothing more than that. Uh, rating for this one, I give it an F. Not because the match was horrible. There were some points where it was okay. But it's not enough to save the whole entire matchup. I just... I didn't like this matchup. It served no purpose. It just really did not need to be on this card. So, yeah, we're just we're just not even acknowledging that that it was even existed. All right, then we had Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Rusev for the United States Championship and oh boy howdy, we are going to be talking a lot about the US title in this podcast. So, it was a pretty good matchup between the two of them. I saw uh, Rusev definitely putting on a good match. Nakamura putting on one of his better matches. It was a good enough match to where it was very passable. Uh, the ending was kind of... Uh, I'm not exactly a big fan of it. So basically what happens is that uh, Nakamura is trying to take off the turnbuckle. Lana basically yelling at Nakamura. Oh, you're cheating, you're cheating. Blah, blah, blah. Nakamura is just yelling at him to get down, get down. Rusev tries to go after Nakamura. Knocks down Lana, and Lana looks like she's selling an ankle injury, <clears throat> in which Rusev is just saying, Lana, get up, get up, please don't tell me you're hurt, and Nakamura hits a Kinshasa on Rusev to the back of the head for the victory and for Nakamura to get his second U.S. title reign. Uh, yeah, this wasn't really too special of a match, but it was pretty average, pretty basic. Uh, I give this one a C plus. It wasn't really that interesting, but it wasn't as bad as some of the matches could have been. We move on to the Fatal 4-Way matchup for the Cruiserweight Championship. Buddy Murphy defends against Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Kalisto. This matchup was, again, another showcase of the fact that we have such an underrated talent here in the Cruiserweight t- Championship picture. We have such underrated talent in the 205 l- live roster. These guys just absolutely put on a wrestling clinic. It was great. I loved a lot of the things that you know Kalisto and Akira Tozawa did. Uh, Hideo Itami worked as a heel, which was great. Uh, Buddy Murphy would pick up the victory in the end by hitting uh, the, I think it was the pump uh, knee to the face, and then a hit Murphy's Law on Hideo Itami for the victory to retain the Cruiserweight title. I gave this one a solid B+. Pretty good matchup, like I said. Not one of the best matches on the card, but it was still one of those matches that I definitely enjoyed quite a bit. It definitely showcased the 205 live roster very well, and it also showcased all four of these individuals to the best of their ability. Oh my gosh, it was great. All right, so we go on to the first matchup on the card, which was the uh, women's championship up from SmackDown. Asuka defending against Becky Lynch. Pretty good matchup between the two of them. Definitely was not expecting, again, how these. It was one of those matches where Asuka definitely looked more credible as a champion. She started getting that uh, deal where she just really felt like she had that spark in her again. It was really cool to see that. I was 
very happy to see, you know, Becky Lynch delivering a lot of offense, a lot of great stuff. She did a couple of T-bone suplexes on the outside as well as from the top rope. Oh, my God, did that, did that top rope T-bone suplex look brutal. Uh, the ending came kind of in a bit of like a chain wrestling fashion. It was kind of cool to see that because we see Becky Lynch trying to go for the disarm her, but Asuka was able to get out of it. We see her try to go for it again. We see Asuka use the disarm her on Becky Lynch. We see uh, Becky Lynch try to lock in the Asuka lock. We see then Asuka finally near the end uh, get the Asuka lock locked in, but she's not able to get <clears throat> get it entirely. So what ends up happening is that she's able to do this deal where she just uh, does this kind of like bridge deal where she goes to lock it in and then she uses the bridge to add more torque and more uh, more more pressure on this hold and that causes Becky Lynch to tap out. Oscar retains the title and it was an absolutely fantastic matchup. It really was a really good matchup. Uh, I give this one a B plus. Like I said, it definitely gives Oscar a bit more um, credibility that she's been missing for quite a while now. She looked great in it. Becky looked great even in defeat. It was just an absolutely great matchup. I I loved it. It was really cool. So we then get into oh God help me the. SmackDown tag team title match. Oh, God, why must you punish me? I'm not even going to really waste too much time into this. Cesaro and the Sheamus do great. Miz and Shane, they pick up the victory. Shane does a shooting star press, which I'll admit was awesome, but the results just... (sighs) Shane and Miz are the new tag team champions. And I'm trying so hard not to cry now because it's it's really sad to see this. We're living in a reality where Mizzle Mac is a real thing, and they're the tag team champions. I, I do not like this matchup. I was not into this matchup. It just did absolutely nothing for me. It would have been better if the bar won, but they just gave it to the Miz and Shane out of nostalgia. If they would have won it on a SmackDown, that's one thing. But to win it on a pay-per-view, why? Just why? (sighs) Giving it a C-. Moving along. Moving along. Ronda Rousey took on Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's title. Uh, This was definitely another matchup where it elevated the game of one of these women. It definitely gave uh, Ronda Rousey a a situation where she literally looked like she had been taken to her limits during this matchup. Uh, We also saw Sasha Banks look like that credible contender that we know that she can be. It's just absolutely great to see that. Uh, It does not end in a submission. That's the crazy part about this. We see see them actually end it with Ronda Rousey hitting uh, the... Piper's Pit, and then just going directly into a pin. A really great matchup between these two women. They do a fantastic job giving this matchup another. Uh, I'm gonna actually give this one. A, I'm gonna give this one a B plus. I think it was really good. Also, I do apologize for some of the noise in the background. I have two dogs that just love to play with toys, and uh, yeah, one of them likes to make a lot of noise. So, like like I said. Uh, Sasha looked great in this matchup. She definitely looked like a contender again. Uh, Ronda is starting to really start to seem like she's going to be an actual credible wrestler. Because when you look like a credible wrestler, you don't have to look so dominant all the time. You can look like a wrestler even in defeat. And that's what you know. I get here from Becky and, uh, and Sasha. They really look great even in defeat. They really do a fantastic job. So, yeah, like I said, it was it was great. I loved everything that they did, and it definitely delivered. That's what really matters about this matchup. All right, so the next matchup I'll talk about is the matchup between Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Honestly, guys, 
it's kind of what you would expect from them. And I'm not trying to say that as a knock on it on them. No, 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 no. There's a couple of moments where they did try to uh, do something different. Uh, AJ Styles did a deal where he uh, leaped off the barricade and did his DDT on Daniel Bryan on the floor. That was a really good spot. Uh, they exchanged, you know, submission moves like where Daniel Bryan locked in the uh, lapel lock, and AJ Styles is able to hit the lock in the uh, what is it, the, the the calf crusher. That's right, quite a few times. Uh, we see Daniel Bryan hit the referee inadvertently, and then Styles would go for the Styles Clash and nail it. It looks like we're going to get a new champion, but Eric Rowan, who made his appearance earlier on uh, during the matchup. He comes in, grabs AJ by the face, and does like a face choke slam, or a face slam, I think I called it. He just grabs him by his face, lifts him up, throws him down into the, you know, like I said, into the face slam. And then Daniel Bryan goes into a cover and gets the three count. Daniel Bryan retains the WWE Championship. Uh, like I said, it's not really too much of an exciting matchup. I give this one a solid C. It's kind of an average matchup. Some parts are kind of good, but it's just one of those things where it's like we've seen this enough times to where it's finally time to move it on. And I think that's actually where... Oh, no, they're they're not done with this yet. They're going to kind of beat this for a while. I mean, this is going to be like... Oh, gosh, this is going to be probably like Dolph Ziggler and... Seth Rollins all over again. They're going to have good matches, but if you do them one too many times, especially consistently, it's going to be very hard to, you know, be excited for them. Because what more differently can they do? What what different can they do? I mean, they fought off against each other, I think, once in the last, once a month for the last four months, I want to say. Uh, but we'll definitely talk about uh, Rowan being a part of the matchup and why he got involved in just a bit. Uh, I will say this, that he was not dressed up like the, one, of the bludgeon, one of the Bludgeon Brothers. No, 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 he looked like a hipster. So that was interesting. All right, let's talk about the Universal title match, shall we? So here is how I could describe this matchup. Eight minutes and 40 seconds. Okay, relatively a decent amount of time. Uh, we also have the fact that it was feeling like it was maybe 20% Brock and 80% Finn. I mean, somebody can fight me on that all they want, but that is definitely what I see coming out of this matchup. Because I'll, I'll tell you like this. I saw probably at least a couple belly-to-belly suplexes from Brock and then the finish. Other than that, Finn was doing, you know, like drop kicks. He was doing sling blades. He's doing all these deals on the outside. He's really taking it to Brock Lesnar, which honestly is really cool to see. And this is probably not the matchup we wanted to see happen with uh, Finn and Brock, but it was still a good matchup. Uh, Finn would hit the coup de gras on Brock for a two count, and then as soon as that two count is done, Brock would lock in the Kimura lock, and Finn would tap out a couple minutes, about a, not even 30 seconds after it got locked in, for the victory. Brock Lesnar, after the match was over, he hits German suplexes, and he hits F5s, beating down on, on uh, Rollins. It kind of looks like there's still more of a story that could be told here, but I'm not convinced that they're going to drop the belt to Finn. Because I will say this, as much as I love Dave, my fellow hashtag belt bro, I love the idea that he had that should be, you know, Finn versus Rollins 2 at WrestleMania for the Universal title. That I would love to see. But it feels like there is more money to be invested when you have Brock Lesnar versus uh, Seth Rollins. It's just an absolutely great it just it just feels like a good matchup that people would want to see. But all right, uh, as far as the rating for this one, I give this one a. I don't know. Would I give this a C plus? I think I I guess I can do that. Yeah, I think I could, I'm going to go with a C plus. I think that the two of them still put on a good matchup. Uh, it was one of the shorter matches of the night, and uh, yeah, I am literally watching. 
my dog just drag her butts on the rug. I have no idea why. I'm now kind of concerned. I'm going to have to address that. Uh, so now we have the Royal Rumble matches to talk about, both the men's and the women's. I'm just going to say this right now. As far as the Rumbles go, I'm giving them both solid A A's. Uh, definitely a lot of surprises, as well as a lot of very interesting ideas that they have here. All right. So let's talk about... I'm going to first just go through the... Uh, I don't want to say this. I'm just going to go through the participants. Uh, there may be some highlights here and there that I might want to talk about, but for the most part, uh, this was a, uh, like I said, it was a really good matchup. So, start with the Women's Rumble. We had Lacey Evans, Natalia, Mandy Rose, Liv Morgan, Mickey James, Ember Moon, Billy Kay, Nikki Cross, uh, Peyton Royce, Tamina, uh, Zia Lee, Sarah Logan, Charlotte, Kyrie Sane, Maria Canales, Naomi, Candice LeRae, Alicia Fox, uh, Casey Catanzaro, I believe, uh, Zelina Vega, Ruby Riot, Dana Brooke, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, Sonya Deville, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Lana, Nia Jax, and Carmella. So, I will say this, that uh, the, 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 the Casey girl, oh my gosh, she does a fantastic job of just creating a, holy cow, um, so she's signed with WWE, she's the first woman to qualify for the finals of the television sports show American Ninja Warrior, and, uh, oh my god, Casey did just an absolutely fantastic job, there's a point where she did this deal, where she's on the outside, she wraps her body around the ring post, and she's basically climbing up it, and I'm literally looking at this like, what, is she a spider monkey? It was insane. It was just great. Uh, the reaction that you know, Candice LeRae got when she came out, uh, a great reaction also for uh, 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 Kyrie Sane and uh, Io, Io Shirai. I should have known that you know when one was coming out, the other one was going to be coming out soon after. I didn't really connect the dots, but oh well. Uh, I will also say this, that, um, oh man, I had... Uh, a little bit of a bet going on for this matchup. We had like a rumble pool. And for the women that I had, I ended up with uh, 16, which was Naomi. Uh, 18, which was Alicia Fox, Foxy. And uh, 25, which was Sonya Deville. So, honestly, I wasn't too displeased about them. I thought it was going to be somebody I thought it was going to be somebody else. I thought it was gonna, honestly, I thought I was going to get stuck with Dana Brooke, which would have ticked me off. Uh, one thing that definitely did... Uh, uh, an interesting point here was that uh, Lana was actually coming out as the number 29 uh, entrant, but she suffered that ankle injury in the pre-show. She's limping her way there, and then Nia Jax, she comes out, and she just uh, takes down Lana, just eliminates her. Uh, Becky comes out soon after, and we see... <clears throat> excuse me. We see... Um, I'm, try I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh... She, we see her just basically saying to uh, Finley, it was, she said, you know, hey, she was saying, hey, put me in, put me in her spot, and Finn's kind of, Finley's just kind of like, you know, I don't know if this is a good idea, we don't think we can do that, and blah, 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 uh, but in the end, he's just like, all right, go, go ahead, so she takes the spot of Lana, so she's the number 28th participant in this matchup, uh, and we see it end between, it was, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of it. It was uh, Charlotte and Becky. And in all honesty, it ended kind of the way that it should have ended. These two women just absolutely tore the house down. We see uh, Becky actually get a bit of an injury during this matchup, but then she gets taken down by, uh, she gets taken down again by Charlotte, who works on the leg. Looks like she's going to be eliminated, but Becky's able to come back, eliminate Charlotte, and be the winner of the 2019 Women's Royal Rumble. Becky Lynch is going to WrestleMania. And trust me, when I say this, it only took about 24 hours for us to find out who she was going to be fighting. Oh boy, that is going to be something we're going to love to just talk about. Oh baby. 
I'm very happy to talk about this. All right, so men's Royal Rumble. 30 men, one winner. You get the idea. Starting with number one, we had Elias, then Jeff Jarrett, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kurt Angle, Big E, Johnny Gargano, which surprised me immensely because I got this guy in the Rumble pool. Jinder Mahal, Samoa Joe, Kurt Hawkins, Seth Rollins at number 10. I think you can figure out who won. Titus O'Neil, Kofi Kingston, Mustafa Ali, Dean Ambrose, No Way Jose, who set an all-time record probably for about two seconds in the Rumble. Uh, nope, nope, Santino's still hold, record holder with one. Uh, Drew McIntyre at 16, Xavier Woods, Pete Dunne, Andrade Cien Almas, because I refuse to call him just Andrade. Apollo Crews, Aleister Black, Shelton Benjamin, Baron Corbin, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Randy Orton, and R-Truth. Or so we thought. Uh, As soon as R-Truth was coming out, singing and dancing, doing the whole what's up deal, Nia Jax decides, hey, I'm just going to take your spot. Beats him up, then gets involved. Uh, She got, how many eliminations? Oh yeah, she eliminated Mustafa Ali, that's right. And then after that, she ends up getting a super kick from Dolph Ziggler, 619 from Ray, an RKO from Randy Orton, and then finally gets eliminated. First time in a long time, WWE decides, hey, let's have men-on-woman violence. And honestly, kind of an interesting idea of having it be Nia Jax, but I'm not one to judge. So it boils down between Seth Rollins and... Braun Strowman as the final two. Braun Strowman looks like he's just dominating. He looks like he's going to throw out Seth Rollins. Rollins is able to uh, get Strowman on the outside with him. And then we see Seth Rollins hit a super kick. Another super kick gets Braun down to his knees to the point where he is lower down. And then we see a huge thunderous stomp by Rollins, which eliminates Braun Strowman. Seth Rollins is your winner of the Royal Rumble. And just like with Becky Lynch, it's not going to take long to figure out who he challenges for the title come WrestleMania time. So, going to continue on talking about Raw and SmackDown this past week. But before we do, you guys are going to take a quick little commercial break. And like I said, come back, talk about Raw, SmackDown, and what to expect with for the week to come. So, stay tuned, guys. Check out the guys over at Eclectic Media Project. They bring you podcasts such as Musically Challenged. Whose podcast is it anyway? Want to hear something interesting? And their newest podcast, page 3.14 News. Check them out on Podbean and iTunes at Eclectic Media Project. On their website at www.eclecticmediaproject.com. Check them out as they are the home with a little something for almost everyone. Alright guys, and I'm back. Welcome back to this edition of Pro Talk Wrestling, of course on Spreaker.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Alright, so past two nights, talking about Raw and SmackDown, first time in a long time that I've actually gotten to see SmackDown. Uh, I don't really consider it too much of a blessing because we are literally freezing our butts off here in Wisconsin. We reached uh, negative in like double digits, and just about, oh, it's about 50 degrees below up here. It's not good at all. Wind chill. Uh, just, why must you be a cruel mistress? All right, so let's talk about Raw. Opens up with Seth Rollins, where he talks about winning the Royal Rumble, and he mentions that he 
is going to have a tough decision deciding. Does he fight Daniel Bryan for the WWE title, or does he fight Brock Lesnar for the Universal title? He says, I'm going to take some time, I'm going to make my decision uh, at my own pace. Then Triple H comes out, and he just says, Well, uh, no, uh, that ain't uh, going to be the case, uh, because you... T- you- Sorry, I'm going to stop being an over-exaggerated Triple H. Uh, he says, no, you're not going to take time. I want you to make your decision by tonight. In which Dean Ambrose comes out, and he basically says, hey, I just want to take on Seth Rollins. I beat him for the IC title, so I just want to fight him. And Seth's just like, hey, let's do it. Triple H is just kind of like, hmm, I'll think about it. And Dean would then go on to say, well, what's the matter? you got to go ask your father-in-law to do it? To which the crowd gives a pretty good reaction, and that was almost as much as uh, CM Punk making the comment to Triple H about, about well, it's true that you don't wear the pants in the family, but you must wear her panties, though, too. And Triple H then just said, give me a ref. We get the matchup, Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Pretty good matchup. And the finish of that curb stomp, oh my lord almighty, that was absolutely insane. Seth Rollins just stamps him down. Literally, Dean looks like he just rebounds off the mat, flies in the air, falls on his back. One, two, three. Dean Ambrose has been slain. Seth Rollins has momentum, and he's got a decision to make. Is he going to challenge Brock, or is he going to challenge Ryan? Well, we get that answered later on in the show. Uh, Dean then is in the ring. He's sitting on a chair. He's ready to bear his soul out, and he's telling people, don't be idiots, don't be morons. Nia Jackson comes out and kind of gives him a pretty good uh, mugging in which Dean Ambrose is held back by officials just saying, no, 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 don't do it. And Dean Ambrose has like this reaction of, you know what, I'm a man, I'm a gentleman, I don't believe in hitting hitting her. Maybe it was just an accident on her part because she knows what I can deliver. <clears throat> we got a qualifying matchup for the women's tag team title match in which Mixie, James, and Alexa take on Tamina and Nia. Tamina and I pick up the victory. Nothing too eventful for this matchup, but still one of those things where it's like, hey, we got the first qualified one. Uh, then we get Kurt Angle taking on Baron Corbin. Corbin picks up the victory here after a deep six, which kind of surprised me, actually, because we saw Angle to the angle slam, the ankle lock, and then that deep six just came out of nowhere. And then Baron Corbin would hit the end of days on Kurt Angle, so I'm thinking that this rivalry is not over just just yet. Finn Balor would eventually come out, and he would talk about the Rumble. He would talk about how it seems like he failed to win the Universal title at the Royal Rumble. Lashley then comes out, and Leo Rush makes it seem like, oh, he can beat Brock Lesnar, no problem. He's the premier athlete. He's the almighty. And this evolves into uh, Lashley attacking Finn Balor beating him down. Looks like we're going to be getting a Lashley versus Finn Balor feud for the IC title, which honestly, I'm totally okay with. Let's face it. Revival taking on the reuniting Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, to which the Revival won. Nothing really too eventful about this. Uh, Elias came out and. He cuts a nice little promo talking about uh, Jeff Jarrett. And I guess about how, like, oh, everybody was expecting me to just sing along with Jeff Jarrett and how it was just going to be like a one-time deal with the duet. Then we see Road Dog and Jeff Jarrett come out. They try to sing their old song. I think it was uh, With My Honey Tonight, if I remember correctly. Uh, but then we see uh, Elias attack both Road Dog and Jeff Jarrett. I guess we're getting... A final run with Jeff Jarrett in WWE? Maybe? I, I don't know. Oh, I remember this. Mojo Mirror promo. Mojo talking to himself in a mirror. That's that's entertainment, folks. That's entertainment. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, we have the women's title matchup open challenge in which Ronda is saying, hey, I'm ready to take on all challengers. Bailey comes out and she's like, I'll take you on. Have a good matchup between the two of them and just a fantastic, oh my gosh, the fantastic toss from the top turnbuckle to the bottom from Ronda Rousey on uh, Bailey locking in the armbar and Bailey taps out. Ronda picks up the victory and we see a nice show of respect between the two of them. 
But then we hear, whoa, the man's music hit. Becky Lynch, who won the Royal Rumble the previous night, she comes out and she literally just says, I'm not wasting any time. I told you I'd be back for you. So the champion that I choose at WrestleMania is indeed you. And she talks about how she's going to face Ronda and beat her at Mania. Ronda cuts another nice little counter promo talking about how she's going to beat Becky at Mania. It's literally a really, really good promo. Definitely go back and watch it. I can't give it enough justice. Just really cool to see the fact that, yes, we're finally going to be getting Ronda versus Becky. We were promised that at Survivor Series. But unfortunately, thanks to a certain face breaker, Nia Jax, <clears throat> she could not compete. So we had that whole deal with Charlotte and Ronda. So now we're getting Becky and Ronda at WrestleMania. And honestly, the crowd was just eating it up. They loved it. I know there's still rumors and speculation on the fact that they want to do a triple threat match, including Charlotte. But I think when you hear that kind of reaction, just those two women is enough to make you realize, you know, I think we're going to go in this direction. So hopefully they keep it a one-on-one deal. But we'll see. Uh, We see Braun Strowman taking on Drew McIntyre. Uh, Baron Corbin interferes, attacks Braun, ends what could have been a really good matchup between the two of them. Uh, then we see Braun Strowman taken to his limits and actually get double choke slammed on the steps, which kind of surprised me a bit that they were able to get a man of his size up that high. But I guess Braun's really good at selling when he needs to be. So it was a pretty insane moment, but... Looks like we got some kind of deal between Braun, Drew, and Baron. So I'm wondering if Braun's going to bring in a tag team partner, or he's just going to be a one-man wrecking crew. But I think people are thankful that he's out of the universal title picture. So, yeah, I I think it's all good. Uh, the show ends with Brock Lesnar coming out. Paul Heyman makes his deal that, hey, you could choose the safe route, which is the recommended route, which is go against Daniel Bryan, which you will have a nice little technical deal with, because if you go against Brock Lesnar, you're in for a fight, and that is indeed something that you do not want. Seth Rollins would just come out, attack Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar would lay him out with not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six F5s, just to send a message to Seth Rollins. And end the show. Honestly, it was a pretty eventful, but also kind of a dreary episode of Raw. Not one of the better ones, especially to come off a huge monumental, you know, event like Royal Rumble. But you know, you win some, you lose some. All right, so let's go into SmackDown. Oh, I should also mention that Raw SmackDown took place in Phoenix, Arizona. So they probably only had to do like a little bit of tweaking here and there and be like, oh, hey, it's Raw, and oh, hey, it's SmackDown. Eh, go figure. Uh, Becky comes out first on SmackDown, talks about Ronda Rousey, how she's going to break her arm. Literally, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so she's basically saying, yeah, you've been taking off a lot of people's arms, Ronda, keeping them up as like a trophy. I'm basically going to make you my trophy. Oh, just, yes, looking forward to this, looking forward to WrestleMania. Uh, Charlotte comes out to interrupt, basically stating that, hey, you wouldn't be the man if you didn't have lessons from the queen. You wouldn't be who you were if you weren't, you know, this big deal and blah, 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 blah. Becky decides, you know what? Shut up, Charlotte. Smacks her right across the face. Charlotte then attacks Becky's injured leg. And they even show a scene where, uh, backstage where Becky Lynch refuses medical attention and here's where it gets to be interesting i think they're retrying to tell the story of how becky had to miss survivor series because of injury she's basically saying i'm not missing i'm not missing another big event like this i'm not missing it due to injury again this is going to tell a really interesting story if they keep this up oh boy i'm looking forward to this all right so let's talk about what was probably my favorite part of this week we had a u.s title matchup in which shinsuke nakamura's defense against our truth the guy who got not even eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Technically, I think he's still in the Rumble, like Curtis Axel is. So, R-Truth talks about how he didn't get a chance to even be in the Rumble, that he would have won. And he talks about winning the United States Championship that night. Nakamura comes out, 
he there's this weird like lie detector spot where it looks like R-Truth hits it, but then Nakamura sells it weird. I don't understand. Uh, but then out of nowhere, Nakamura's trying to do the uh, Samoan, the Samoan driver. R-Truth is able to counter into a small package deal, and it gets to be interesting because it looks like there's a three count. Technically, Nakamura's shoulders were still down. Uh, R-Truth becomes the new United States champion, which surprised me and honestly had me grinning from ear to ear like the Cheshire Cat. I loved it. Rusev came out, though. He said, like, it's a disgrace that he, you know, won the title and he wants to make a challenge for the championship right now. R-Truth is just like, okay. So R-Truth actually pins Rusev with a roll-up after a couple minutes. R-Truth retains. He holds on to the title. And Rusev and Nakamura just decide, you know what, let's just beat him up. So we see super kick from Rusev. We see the... uh, The Kinshasa from Nakamura. Looks like Rusev and Nakamura are going to be a team going forward. I don't know how I feel about this. Because Rusev Day is awesome. And Nakamura, he's a heel and he's awesome when he's doing that. Just, why are you mixing these two together? Just why? I don't understand. Uh, We were supposed to get Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. But then Zelina Vega comes out. She talks about how, how she understands why... She didn't, why Rey Mysterio didn't want her out at ringside, because she would be distracted by by her, basically. Honestly, Zelina Vega is a very attractive woman. How can you not be distracted by her? I'm sorry, I'm just stating a fact. But this would obviously cause Andrade Cien Almas to get involved. He attacks Rey Mysterio from behind. He tried to do the Three Amigos, uh, but Rey Mysterio would fight back. He would go for the 619. Andrade would hit the uh, Hammerlock DDT, and basically lay <clears throat> uh, let, lay out Rey Mysterio. All right, then we had the Good Brothers challenging Nakamura and Rusev to a matchup. I'm guessing that's happening next week because it didn't happen that night. Uh, moving on from that one. Oh, come on. I already had to relive the matchup. Why do I have to relive a segment? Literally, Shane McMahon and Miz, they come out. We talk about winning the tag team titles, and Shane says, "Hey, I made you a nice little tribute video." Which, yay! Then they had Mrs. Dad come out. Ms. finally got the whole, like it was like it was like that scene from uh, Krunk's New Groove, where all Krunk wanted was his dad to just give him like a thumbs up for approval. That's literally what it felt like because Ms. was Mrs. Dad was just saying like, "Hey, I love you, and I'm proud of you." It's like, wouldn't you say that regardless? because I don't understand why this was the focal point of the entire story, but okay. So this is just a weird segment. We had Mandy and Sonya declare themselves in the chamber, in which they also would uh, talk about Naomi, blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Although I will say that I did like the detail that they tried to do where Mandy's trying to break up Naomi because... Oh, well, she said this to me when I was on Tough Enough, and this broke up my relationship, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, the little details like that were nice, but just still not enough to get people invested. Oh, my gosh, there are so many people that are like, oh, I like this, but then there are more that are just like, oh, I hate this, I want this to end. Uh, I think it's going to end soon. Give it till Chamber, I think it'll end by them. All right, so we have a four-way tag team elimination matchup in which four teams battle, and the winning team will take on Shane and Miz at Elimination Chamber for the tag team titles. We had Heavy Machinery versus the New Day versus the Bar versus the Usos. Heavy Machinery pinned the New Day. The Bar pinned uh, Heavy Machinery. And then it ended with the Usos winning. So, looks like the Usos are going to lose at Elimination Chamber because something tells me that they're not going to just give the titles to the Usos. Uh, gosh. This is one of those prime examples that they do have a firm tag team division on SmackDown and they actually know how to use them. It's just when they make dumb decisions, like putting them on two people who have no right to be in the tag team division, that it just makes, just boggles my mind. I don't understand it. Alright, so the main event featured uh, Daniel Bryan coming out, explaining that, you know, 
Rowan is a part of his new, I guess, faction or something like that, that he is now joining him. Uh, I'm waiting for Luke Harper to come out sooner rather than later. Well, who knows? Sooner, he's going to probably be coming out. <clears throat> but uh, basically, Daniel Bryan tosses the WWE Championship into a trash can saying that, you know, this is a horrible thing because this was made from a cow. And actually, he made like a story about he liked to think of this cow as a cow named Daisy that didn't get a chance to live its full life because somebody had to kill it and use it to make a championship belt. And there was a lot of, you know, you know, thank you, Daisy Chance. We love Daisy, stuff like that. Uh, basically, then what happened was that Daniel Bryan unveiled a new championship belt, which looked like it just came out of a burlap sack. In fact, it looks like it was a burlap sack championship. Okay. So, I mean, if it's his character, am I going to be the first one in line to say, hey, I want this championship belt? Hell no. I want that thing. As, I don't want the thing as close to me as possible. I want it as far away from me as possible. It's ugly. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, this drew out uh, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, Mustafa Ali, Samoa Joe. They come out staying their claim that they want to fight off against the WWE champion. And this, uh, oh, where was that? This, yeah, this got into a brawl. Uh, Samoa Joe had some of the best stuff where Samoa Joe talks about, you know, taking down Orton, talks about taking down Mustafa Ali, talks about uh, just, uh, oh gosh, he made an AA reference to Jeff Hardy. Holy cow, did that just, that even burned me. I was like, oh wow, that's that's brutal. Um, and then he made a Wendy comment to JJ Styles, which evolved this into a big time brawl between them. And all the guys, you know, they just end up hitting finishers on each other. And Daniel Bryan just saying, none of you, none of you, not a single one of you are going to be fighting me for the, this championship. In which Triple H comes out and he says, I fully agree. Not one of them is going to challenge you for the championship. Because all of them are going to challenge you at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view inside the chamber. Ooh, yeah, I'm liking this. I mean, you look at the list here. So we got Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, Mustafa Ali, and Samoa Joe all battling for the WWE Championship. Just a few short weeks at Elimination Chamber. Ooh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. This is going to be delicious. So I think as far as who won this week, I would say SmackDown did a pretty good job. I like the fact that they had some better matchups. They had better storytelling. Uh... Also, the fact that they didn't have some random stupid segments that probably made absolutely no sense. So, except for the Mandy deal. I mean, that's it's just reaching a point where it's getting sad. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on Raw SmackDown, the Royal Rumble weekend. And, guys, this Saturday I am going to be doing a special Q&A as well as talking about some of the rumors and speculations going on in the world of professional wrestling. So, definitely tune into that. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at RealFNGame. You can always follow us on Facebook. Give us a like. And also be sure to check us out, as I mentioned before, on Spreaker.com as well as on iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and YouTube. I apologize if my mind seems like it's going because it's freezing right now and I need to go warm up. So thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Thank you for being a part of the Game Changer. And be sure to tune in because this week is going to be another memorable week of absolute craziness and game-changing stuff. So thank you. Bye-bye. See you in the next episode.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.